Robert Redford has been elected president of the United States, which I guess is just as much believable as Ronald Reagan actually. They true, be, true that. <laughs> he probably would have been better, but go ahead. Okay, so now, in 2019, they kicked the series off with a reenactment of the race massacre in Tulsa Greenwood Business District. Hmm. And this sister... I don't know how much you remember from the movie about the Minutemen originally, and then it became the Watchmen. See, in the 80s, it became the Watchmen, but they were be- they were begun by the original 40s Minutemen. They called themselves the New Minutemen. The figures mm. was Hooded Justice, Captain Metropolis, the comedian, Silk Spectre, Night Owl. You know, I'm just saying that to refresh your memory from the movie, okay? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now are taking liberty with what was in the movie to this modern day version in 2019 because it's taking place in real time today. But their entire series focuses on white supremacy, Rhonda. They start with the reenactment of this race massacre. Mm-hmm. They end up with a single black male child that's one of the survivors. That ends up, of course, first they thought that he's dead, what's wrong with his parents. He ends up Mm -hmm. going off to New York as he grows and becomes an adult. Turns into a police officer in NYPD. Deals Mm -hmm. with the white clan mentality of the cops and an organization they call the Cyclops. And they do Mm. variation, you know that that okay symbol that the white supremacists are now supposedly embracing now? Well, they turned mm-hmm. this okay symbol, not with the first finger, but with the second finger, and put it over the pineal gland. Or oh, right in front of your forehead. No. What? Okay. Yeah, that's one. Second, guess who then becomes Hooded Justice? This black man, who takes basically the metaphor of the white clan robe and hood, mm-hmm. turns it into a black hood, with a noose hanging around his neck. Because they actually, in a scene, strung him up as the lone black cop on the white NYPD force. They had another scene of an individual that he saw with his own eyes firebomb a Jewish delicatessen whose name was Fred. It just said Fred. But the business mm-hmm. that he owned, the market, and the warehouse said F.P. and Sons. Some critics have written that that is an oblique reference to Fred Trump. <laughs> then, after he becomes hooded justice, in the timeline and the storyline of The Watchmen, he is hailed as the first Cape Crusader crime-fighting vigilante. However, he puts white pancake makeup on his eyes. So when people are seeing them through the hood, they per- perceive him to be a white man. What? They are clowning in this. Oh, I'm going to have to now, 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 the perversion comes in when Captain Metropolis, the blonde, blue-eyed individual who has organized the Minutemen and supposedly has figured out this black police officer who goes out at night being rogue and a vigilante, 
they have to throw a homosexual wrench in the storyline, my sister. What? But I won't spend time on that. How that is, right. For the deviancy to try to drag us into their filth and debauchery. But anyway, back to what's happening between him and the ultimate female protagonist, who is called Sister Knight. As in sister with a nun habit. And knight, as in black or melanin. Mm-hmm. That's the character she plays in the modern times because she became a police officer in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm saying this stuff with the backstory is to say she did not even know in her genetic makeup that her grandfather was a cop, that her grandfather was hooded, that he was a crime-fighting vigilante at night after being a cop by day. So I'm drawing those two parallels. Then, here's the kicker. They have a drug called nostalgia. Guess what this drug is for, my sister? It is a future genetically engineered treatment for Alzheimer's and dementia patients where they put a chip in a person's brain, harvest their memories, and put them into pill form so that when their condition worsens, they can take a pill and reclaim some of their history and their memory through this pill called nostalgia. Now, of course, something unforeseen circumstances becomes like crack and an opioid because what people do is they start taking the drug because why live today when you can live in the past or whatever your Mm -hmm. perception of a better day. You follow follow me? But Mm -hmm. this character Sister Knight, Sister. the former detective, gets the pills and swallows them all. Because at this point now, the grandfather has come out of nowhere, which she does not even know he's alive. He's over 105 years old. Stop it. Mm-hmm. He comes back out of nowhere, causes the son, the chief of police, who is the grandson of the Klansman, who was a part of this Cyclops conspiracy that now is called the Seventh Cavalry in the future, causes him to hang himself through mass hypnosis and a strobing flashlight. I know, I know I'm wandering here to describe these things, but I'm, I'm saying that to say what she does then is go and swap his mouth because she realized he's a possible murder suspect. But I mean, who can believe a 100-year-old man in a wheelchair got a 200-pound man and hoisted him up by himself to hang him? Right. Okay. She takes the swab because now she's acting like a cop, a detective again. She mm-hmm. takes the swab. Now, here's the kicker, my sister, to the Greenwood Cultural Center, where in this future time, the Treasury Secretary is Henry Louis Skip Gates. Oh, stop it. <laughs> who then tells her to submit the swab to determine whether or not. She is a descendant or her ancestor could be a survivor of the Tulsa race massacre. Then mm, gets the results and confirms that this old man in a wheelchair, 105 years old, is actually her grandfather. She then later takes the nostalgia pills and actually relives his life from the moment that his parents were bombed and blown up in the riot to his becoming a cop 
fighting the Klan in the NYPD to becoming the hooded justice. Mm-hmm. And now it's coming back full circle by her. Now here's what they use in the center, my sister. You put your swab in, they go and then do whatever genetic, you know, research to confirm that you are a descendant of these particular people who were survivors of this horrific race massacre. Mm-hmm. Then when you come back, they provide you this thing that looks, they call it an acorn, just like an acorn. You know, when you mm-hmm. put an acorn, a mighty oak tree comes out of an acorn, right? Right, right. You go and drop that acorn into the cylindrical kind of gizmo. And mm-hmm. then they do a holographic representation of a tree with leaves, kind of like the stuff that Ancestry.com does on the internet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she starts getting the documented record of who her ancestry is. Mm-hmm. Now it's being brought full circle. And I said all that to again go back to to get a response from you and Sean about why. W-H-Y, why do you think a series of this magnitude is now putting the primary focus on us? Why, all of a sudden, they are taking the metaphor of Tulsa Race Massacre, mm-hmm. which, of course, is possibly one of hundreds, maybe thousands of communities. And, and here's another kicker, that the Klan mentality, bigoted folk, white supremacists, say as a slur against people of color, mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. reparations. I guess it's a combination of Redford's name and reparations. Because they have a law that was passed, which is similar to our argument going on today about reparations, that when you confirm, document, and reveal that you are a descendant of one of those survivors, there are reparations that are distributed to you. Hmm. Hmm. Now, I know I hit, hit you with a lot there, but, you know, again, this has been yeah, a very good a great job. Well, when you said Tulsa, I automatically, because I don't know if you all remember, and I forgot how we got on the subject. It was in um, oh, Oklahoma came up and Tulsa came up before. And I said, okay, let's think about this. There's the Trail of Tears. We know about that. And all of a sudden, in Oklahoma, you have these melanated folks that are, like, really, really wealthy, and they set up their own Black Wall Street, this, this, that, and the other. And I said, aren't they probably those Indians? Aren't they the Indians? And they got afraid that that, that were relocated under the the Indian Removal Act. Exactly. The Indian Removal Act was in 1830. A hundred years later, 1921, is when the race massacre happened. Right, because they were... I'm saying they have been from that timeline, 1830, through the 1860, 1870, every 10 years, the census, these people were categorized as colored or mulatto they would not designate them being Indian. Right. At the same time, they let these five-dollar fraud mongoloid caucasoid and some white people like Elizabeth Warren's ancestors right. get on the dog's roll in the 1890s, going into the turn of the century in 1900. 
let's not forget, in 1915, oil was discovered in Tulsa. That's not a coincidence. But, uh-huh. Right, right, but That's those same folks that that was their land. That's how those folks became rich. That was right. their land. So instead of them, you know, messing up, well, the, technically they, they started, you know, inventing. Their land they were relocated right. from the East Coast, but by right. the time we're talking, 100 years later, it, by, by them actually being forcibly moved there, they have come to have and develop a more authentic relationship with the land and their aboriginal ancestors in Oklahoma. Right, because, because didn't the story go, they thought they were moving them to the worst part of the land, huh. and exactly. it so happened that the land they moved them to had oil on it, is it one of the richest black, and I'm using black in quotations, little girls from that same area, and she was an Indian? <laughs> Now, you are familiar with the phrase Oklahoma Sooner, right? The legend is, the, the colloquial phrase is, the sooner you get here, the sooner you can take this Yeah, because we talked about the movie I was telling you about, yeah. Yeah, but remember, they, and, and Chief Alonzo Langley says this very clearly. There were Negro Indians, and there were Negro Africans. Both connotations given to us by these so-called pale-skinned Europeans who said we looked alike. And they continue right. to say that about us today, don't they? That we all look alike. Right. That does mm. not make us like that. Right. You and Sean point out, blood is blood is blood. Now, it can't be amalgamated. We have gone through oppression, chattel slavery, colonialism, Jim Crow constant invasion and what they love to call the immigrant story. Now, again, and all this stuff has been lifted up, and, the, and by the way, that reenactment scene in the very first episode, they showed white people out of their evil, out of their jealousy, out of their envy, taking fine clothes, chandeliers, That's what it was grand about. pianos, out of these people's homes and businesses before they firebombed them. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of what's played out in the reenactment of this is pretty close to accurate of historical, factual record. Of course, it's being utilized in a fictional novel play. So they can make money off it. Yeah. And that's why I'm circling back to, again, it's a rhetorical question. We're conscious at a different level than our average, you know, relatives, friends, loved ones. Right, right, right. right. why? Why, at this moment in time, Mm-hmm. And you already know, it's about commerce, as you say repeatedly. Mm-hmm. They are not trying to sell this to the majority population, because you know when the closer it gets to the nerve, to the bone, to the truth, they ain't going to run out of the race. Mm-hmm. All right? And most of our people are still in a coma. Mm-hmm. And even the people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the so-called black population, how much of them are actually knowledgeable of this? They show the actual Greenwood District reenacted, rebuilt, mm-hmm. the set, like I talked to you about. They then throw this bone to Skip Gates and allow him 
to physically be in the storyline. Unbelievable. As this holographic. To legitimize uh, his welcoming butt. kiosk where people go in there right. to look at all the exhibits and stuff. But at the end of the day, we're coming up on the century, the literal, actual 100th anniversary of this horrific thing. And we're still dumbed out, just like Sean's talked about this evening. Mm -hmm. That when we're talking about, and I've said all this to say again, how do we, it's a rhetorical question, but it's it's pertinent to what y'all have said. How do we know that? All right, well, we know Kamala or Kamala, whatever her name is, she dropped out of the race. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait to hear what the new black media has to say about that. Oh, here we go on Kamala. Trying to spin our losses and explain away why we were wrong about things. That is how we became the black media. And symbolic of this at this critical, crucial moment in black history is the defeat of the Trojan horse or the would-be Trojan horse. The attempted Barack Obama 2.0, Kamala Harris former attorney general, current senator from the state of California, who is now going to have plenty of time to focus on her senatorial duties since she will no longer be worrying about becoming president because she watched those aspirations crash and burn this week. She wound up dropping out of the race. She was in fourth place in polls in California in her own home state. She had dropped in the polls pretty much everywhere. We have witnessed as her candidacy collapsed. The national media, the white corporate media, had attempted to hold her up as the standard bearer. This was going to be their trick bag. She was going to snowball us and sandbag us all, and they were going to smuggle in Barack Obama 2.0, someone who claimed to be black, even though they actually have no connection to black society, and tell you, well, just listen to them, they look like you, and just go along with the program. Well, there was a little hitch in the glitch right there, and that hitch was called the new black media. You see, it's a new day. And the game doesn't change. And nobody informed them that this was the new way under the sun. So they told themselves, we're just going to pull off Obama 2.0 again. We're just going to hand you another Negro. Only this time we're dressed up as a female. They love that female stuff there, don't they? And all the Negroes are just going to go fall in line. But it didn't happen that way. You see, they're not used to evolutionary practices happening in black society. They are not used to natural selection. But worse than that, they're not used to a black agenda in black society created by black people. This is brand new to them. They've never encountered this before. Never had to deal with the situation before where black people are saying, this is our agenda. See, they're so used to us having to consult and confer with white people, or worse, white people bringing us the agenda and saying, here's what you niggas can get. You might as well take that. So tonight we are going to be analyzing the post-mortem over the dead corpse that is the Kamala Harris presidential candidacy. Now, I know what you want. 
I know what you want to hear. And I assure you, brothers and sisters from around the world, oh, it's coming. I know that Ain't they? Yeah, they really are. Look at the hair. <laughs> they get in the cap. They don't even care who's there. They was having People the got their dance it. on. Look at this girl in the back. I can't do that. Look at this one. They are wearing it out. You think kids dance at the club like that now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They do something different. They call it shuffling. Would be at the club? You think she can do that shit? Once she pulling them drinks. You want me to address? Boule Butterball. I know you want me to address that. For some reason, obviously because he is desperate to increase his relevance, he has decided to target me. He has stopped with the veiled references and now he's mentioning me by name. He has conceded that I am the black media, that I am the new black media, and he's hoping that I'm going to increase his profile. Be careful what you wish for, Tubby. You just might end up with it. So I know what you all want. And it is, it, ironically enough, as Fat Burger used to say on their banners when they would be opening a new franchise, patience, please. We know you're hungry. Uh, patience, please, everyone. I know you want me to roast this Christmas ham. I know you want me to roast him, and I understand the barbecue briquettes are firing up. They're turning a nice red, but we're going to keep going. So trust me, the seasonings are here. We're whipping up the secret sauce. We're going to lay it on and let it marinate. So you are in good hands. You are in good hands. So believe me, all business will be addressed before I'm done. Patience, please. But we're moving on our time scale, not theirs. I know you're desperate to be relevant. And what this really signifies is Mark Morial and Black Enterprise Magazine couldn't stop it from occurring. And yes, it's no coincidence that it was Kamala Harris's campaign that fails, and immediately thereafter, he comes after me. He's fine. His, the folks have finally said, we've been nibbling around the edges before now. We got to talk about this, this Jason Black character. We got to talk about him. We got to deal with him. So believe me, that will be addressed. And why? Why do they have to deal with me? Why do they have to deal with me? The reason that they have to deal with me is because this channel 
put together the first comp and first and only comprehensive expose that examined Kamala Harris way early into her campaign. As you all can see, in January of this year, I put together the groundbreaking historic video why black people don't support Kamala Harris on YouTube. At the time it was released, it was the number one result when you typed in Kamala Harris black vote in the YouTube search bar. That was the number one result that you got back. So people from around the world were witnessing this. More importantly, white society was witnessing this. They were witnessing this in January. They were witnessing, they were watching, and they were waiting. Because you see, a Trojan horse that can't convince its potential victims that there isn't a trap laying inside of it is a useless weapon. A Trojan horse only works if you can convince your potential victims that this is actually a horse and not a weapon. That's going to destroy them. Now, if you can do that, then this will work. But if you can't do that, then this won't work. And the new black media, from the moment this woman announced, we were running her profile. We were checking her file. We had checked over her paperwork. She, she couldn't walk the yard. If white supremacy is indeed a prison then she couldn't walk the yard. We checked her paperwork. She, she, she's dirty in the yard. So we early on had alerted black society that this was Barack Obama 2.0. This was the Trojan horse. Now, you've got to understand, white society is addicted to the idea that black people love Barack Obama. They need black people to love Barack Obama because they understood Barack Obama was a deception. It was a lie, and they need us to still cling to that lie for whatever reason. Imagine their horror when they woke up one day and realized that black people were not addicted to that lie and that black people had realized, hey, we have been had. Imagine their shock and horror when they realized that Barack Obama's name was now toxic. They were betting all their chips on Barack Obama's strategy being something that they could recycle decade after decade, and they watched as it blew up in their faces within eight years. The jig is already up. Ain't gonna be a repeat of Lyndon Baines Johnson. We'll have them niggas voting for us for another 50 years. The jig is already up. Obama can't show his face now. So when we began dispersing the real information about Kamala Harris... She was basically a dead man walking. Oh, oh, no. The Trojan horse was set on fire before it could make it to the city gates. So, in that propaganda, it's barrage that we are becoming to, and I yield. Indeed, indeed. Thank you, uh, Brother 832. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, good drop as usual. Um, I'm shit. You made me. I got to put that on my list. I think I'm going to be uh, catching up on that this weekend because uh, in the chat room, uh, Scotty Saturn and uh, Purple Peel, they know exactly what you're 
talking about on this particular series. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out because they're definitely giving subliminal shit. I ain't even going to say subliminal, y'all. That's pretty direct as far as I'm concerned when they're going to have Gates up in the mix doing some DNA analysis. And we know every analysis that he's brought back so far to the public, that shit's been bullshit. So I find it very interesting that they put it right in your face. And we say this all the time in plain sight, because what the fuck that is. Putting him up in the mix, analyzing somebody's uh, DNA, giving heritage, when we know the shit that he's doing on his little series, he's inaccurately on purpose not giving the right stuff. And then here they right. put him in the mix to legitimize to it. Analyze folks' DNA to tie you back to Tulsa. So y'all better think real good on that. You better think real good. Because we keep telling y'all about folks that want to tell you to do a DNA test to tell you where you originated from when all you have to do is look at your mama, your daddy, your grandparents, your great granny, etc. etc. That that's your motherfucking history. So y'all better take heed. You better take heed. You're going to rely on a DNA test for somebody else to tell you who and what you are. To tie you back to land and to give you some form of monetary payment for that. When it's your responsibility to know your generation on where you came from. Nobody should have to tell you shit. You should know. Do your research. Talk to your elders. And for my millennials, your elders, they're not living big mom and them. Get up in them records. Go to your parents. Go to your aunties them. Get them your, your grannies them maiden names. Do that research. Don't rely on them DNA tests. Don't do it. I'm telling you. And because they tell you plain as day, it's for entertainment purposes only. Nobody can tell you who you are but you and your family. So, but very, very good drop. Uh, brother 832 and I'm definitely going to check uh, that series out uh, ASAP because that yeah mm-hmm. yeah they think they flick with it um, so yeah thank you for that alright family alright family I have two right. follow up things and 832 the second one I know you're going to be like in the amen section but I'm gonna start with the first one uh this is shout out to sis Cheryl um I pulled this information from a post that she put out I think we've talked about this before um we've been telling y'all for years but again don't nobody want to believe 
And that's fine if you don't believe, because I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm just reminding you that we've told you all this for years, um, but here you go. China's artificial sun, and this is out of the tech and science uh, publication. Uh, and it came out on November 26th. China's completed artificial sun to start operation in 2020. China's HL-2M nuclear fusion. All right, so brother, A32, you just talked about that nuclear fusion. Um, I lost my damn place. That's what the hell I get. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> All right. China's HL-2M nuclear fusion device burns power burns with the power of 13 suns, plural 13. I just want to point out 13 in numerology means hidden. Okay. All right. So we're going to keep reading. Chinese scientists are working on harvesting the energy of the sun, but it's not solar energy. Okay, so right there is a fuckery and a contradiction within itself. Because you can pull energy from the sun. The sun emits energy. Uh, you know, shit. The air emits energy. <sighs> the country has developed its very own artificial sun, a nuclear fusion research device that is supposed to pave the way for clean energy similar to the real sun. So I'm going to pause again. Isn't that kind of contradictory? If you have the natural sun, and I'm going to say plural, suns, plural, why would you need to build something artificial to harvest energy? Because they're going to so block, right there, they the, they're gonna block the real sun. But that's okay. We're going to keep going. Hey, but what I'm wondering is... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brother Sean. How do they know it burns 13 times hotter than the sun? I mean, what did they measure the sun's temperature? Exactly. Uh, for them to know that, what I tried in the process of them testing <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. All right. So then it goes on to say the completion of the reactor was announced on Tuesday and is expected to start operation in 2020. She News reported. The actual name of China's artificial sun isn't that poetic. It's called HL2M, and it was built by the China National Nuclear Corporation and the Southwestern Institute of Physics. The reactor is located in Lishan, Sichuan province, where it was built to research fusion technology. 
although it is being referred to as a sun, the device can actually reach temperatures 13 times hotter than our star. The HL2M will be uh, will be able to reach 200 million degrees Celsius, 360 million degrees Fahrenheit. By comparison, the sun only gets as hot as 15 million degrees Celsius, 27 million degrees Fahrenheit in its core. Why so hot? The fusion process in the sun relies on forcing atoms to merge which releases heat that can be transformed into energy. Okay, now they just, within this one sentence, they already told you what uh, nuclear fusion is about. And I cannot find this video family, this one uh, gentleman uh, did a YouTube video with uh, water and uh, water was boiled and he was able to conduct energy off of that water. Um, so basically he was able to recreate this nuclear fusion, all right? Okay, so that's my point. They're telling you right there how fusion is actually generating. All right, this is the opposite of what happens in current current nuclear fission uh, plants. They're lying. What they said in up top, the fusion process in the sun relies on forcing atoms to merge, which releases heat that can be transformed into energy. Okay, that's how they're doing it. Okay, but in the next sentence they go, this is the opposite of what happens in current nuclear uh, fission plants, which rely on splitting atoms, typically those from uranium. The result is energy that is cleaner and cheaper than current nuclear options, resulting in less toxic waste, according to scientists. But there's a problem. It's hard to achieve. And I'm sorry I can't find that YouTube video. I'll try to find it again. But this gentleman, when he kind of mimicked, mimicked how to create energy through water and heat, his point was, that is why, and I, I told you all this several times, that water is a conductor of energy. Um, his whole premise of the video was they're lying totally about how they are producing energy on this planet. And they're harvesting the energy from the air and through the water, okay? So anyhow, the result is energy that is cleaner and cheaper than current nuclear options resulting in less toxic waste according to scientists. But there's a problem, it's hard to achieve. Physicist Professor G.O.Z. or Zay from Beijing, uh, Taijingha University told the South China Morning Post in July that scientists around the world still had many problems to overcome in the field of nuclear fusion. There is no guarantee that all these problems will be solved, but if we don't do it, the problem will definitely not be solved, he said. 
the way reactors reproduce what the sun does at its core is by using a donut-shaped <laughs> chamber known as uh, tokamak. The HL2M uses hydrogen and yttrium gas as fuel to stimulate a nuclear fusion reaction by injecting them into the device and I can't make this up y'all and producing plasma it's installated it's installation started in June this year the project is part of China's involvement with the international thermonuclear experimental reactor based in France the thermonuclear experimental reactor is the world's largest nuclear fusion project with the price tag of about 20 billion uh, US 22 billion. It involves 35 countries and it is expected to be completed in 2025. It is also important for China's nuclear fusion reactor research. China's first fusion device, the HL-1, was completed in 1984. The Southwestern Institute of Physics is the oldest and largest research and development base for controlled nuclear fusion energy in China. Another research hotspot for nuclear fusion in China is Hefei, Anhu Province, where the experimental advanced Superconducting Tokamak East is based. That device has managed to reach the 100 million degree mark. All right, uh, so shout out to Sis Cheryl. Again, this article, uh, what is the source? It's called uh, Tech and Science, and it's off of ABACUS News. Dot com and the name of the article is China's artificial sun um so I'll pause for the shine before if you want to put something on it before I just give my final little thoughts on that yeah now all these <clears throat> excuse me, all these countries built an artificial suns mm-hmm. all these countries that are building artificial suns are being caught up in the pole shift. Right. Right. It's going to get real, real cold. Mm -hmm. I wondered how they'd survive. Let's say the artificial sun does work and does um, some areas. What type of nutritional value Is it that food source going to have coming from an artificial Artificial light? light. None. That's what I'm thinking. But they've already mastered making plastic food, so. Yeah, true, true that. True, 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 true that. True. Um, The other thing. Go ahead, Brother Sean. I was just going to say, so they used to having food with no nutritional value. (laughs) True that. True, true, true that. And again, those of us that are gardeners, 
we we can tell the difference um, when that artificial sun is involved because you can see the difference in your uh, vegetables and your plants. They start to get scorched and it's a different type of scorch. And the interesting thing about it is that you have the UV radiation coming up from the ground. And that's making a lot of the uh, fruits and vegetables, especially if you're not putting pesticides and all of that on it, grow really huge um, as well. So it's a lot, a lot of stuff going on around uh, Mother Earth as she's shifting. Because as we sit here having this conversation, uh, Europe is getting hit with, they said, one of the coldest winters in the last 100 years. Uh, They said that volcanoes are um, becoming active off of the west Um, Now, I had to think back at some ancient maps that I saw. And all of those ancient maps show where
Bird was never alive. He's a puppet. Well, yeah, the guy who does Big Bird, he does. But they're going to have to bury him today because he's Jewish. You got to go down before the sun. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Big Bird, the character died, or the dude that played Big Bird died, and so they're going to kill him because they don't think anybody else can well, be Big Bird. The one that was Big Bird, he can't he die. Does. He never had a life. I'm talking about the one that talked Big Bird. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't family. say that. I knew we had it wrong. Okay, we're going in with Truths Uncompromised. Wow. I don't know, we got a lot of weird stuff from Ford Star. The true story of immigrants coming to America. We are the part. Coming to America. Joining us. I do want to give you two of our main sources for this series, two books. The first one is They Were White and They Were Slaves, The Untold History of the Enslavement of Whites in in Early America by Michael A. Hoffman II, and then White Trash, 400-Year Untold History of Class in America, by Nancy Eisenberg. Okay, so uh, with that said, we are going to go ahead and get started. I am going to bring on my co-host. Um, okay, I haven't seen Sis make it in the queue yet, so let me bring on Brother Sean. Peace and love, brother. How are you? Oh, listen, Paula, Sis. I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to hear your voice. All right. All right. Um, before I get started, because uh, I do have a couple follow-up items, uh, do you have any go-ahead on with the fuckers for the family tonight? Yes. For those that are still emotional, about the impeachment show. Mm. It's a show. Yeah. I forgot majority of the people get emotional by everything they see on TV anyway. Right. They can throw by that box. Yep. But the thing is, is to understand what you're looking at and looking at it without emotion. Most people not even listening to what's being said and what's not being said because they're emotional. Too much hate involved. But that's a reflection of self. Right. And the self-hatred that you won't let go of. Because all of that has nothing to do with you. It's not going to stop you from going to work. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop you from paying taxes. Mm-hmm. Whether he get impeached or not, you still gonna go to work. You 
you're still gonna pay taxes. And you're still gonna be getting screwed. <laughs> Y'all just don't want Trump to screw you. Even though the only people he's been screwing is the people that hate him. Uh, his fellow politicians, they have a reason to hate him. They losing everything and being executed. Y'all ready to see that? Yeah, yeah. Or are you only satisfied with seeing our people kill each other in the streets? Sharing the videos on social media. Laughs about world stars. But when real criminals get put to death, y'all get emotional. When real criminals and real crimes is being exposed, Y'all think it's bullshit. It's the issues that are at hand that you're overlooking. Child trafficking, human trafficking, organ harvest, pedophilia. If we're the majority what do you think the majority of the people are that are being caught up in all that? But no, you got your favorite masters you want to listen to. You got your favorite news channels and your favorite news anchor characters that you want to listen to. Not using a bit of common sense. But then again, that's what television programming is all about. Fuckery. <laughs> Indeed. I'm done. All right. All right, brother. Um I do have something to go ahead on with the fuckery before I go into some follow-up items. Um, there is, um, it was a video going around earlier this week on Facebook speaking on, uh, it was this one young lady out of Atlanta uh, talking about how, huh, Someone was trying to abduct her little cousin. And so the area that the lady was describing, um, I know it very well. Um, over in College Park, those of you in Atlanta, um, Circle K gas station, because uh, she was on her way to work. So long story short, um, the lady had to, the, the young girl rather, had to go to the gas station and um, this other lady in the gas station saw this guy coming up 
behind her and the uh, gas station lady saw the terror in the young girl's eyes and said, can I help you? And so the brother left. So the, the young girl was telling the lady that he kept following her and he just felt he was going to try to snatch her up or something. So they called the police because that area is East Point. Um, those of you in Atlanta, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I guess because that, that Washington Road is on the border of College Park, East Point. So when they called the police, the East Point police came. So uh, basically, the police said they couldn't do nothing about it, this, that, and the third, this, that. So uh, I guess they, they took down the report, whatever, whatever. So the young girl, I can't remember if she said the young girl had wound up going to work because she worked in that mall um, close by. And, um, and, and one of those stores at the mall one of the strip malls. So she said that she saw the same dude that was trying to abduct her sitting down at the motherfucking restaurant eating. So the lady's point was, you know, it's like this shit is common. So he wasn't even scared that anyone was going to try to come after him, this, that, and the third because he just literally went right up the street and anybody that knows the area, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is literally right up the street. And I, I don't know which restaurant it was because there's plenty of restaurants on that strip and was sitting down with his damn legs crossed enjoying him a little meal. So, you know, a couple of days later, uh, there was this big scene in Atlanta of uh, folks being busted for sex trafficking. And I don't know how many people, I can't remember, I should have counted them. Uh, could have been close to 10 people. All of them melanated with the exception of one white dude. All melanated, combination of men and women. Now, those that have lived in Atlanta, you know, we know that sex trafficking is a huge thing, specifically uh, prostitution. Atlanta was known for prostitution. Um, and, you know, back in the day, what I was told around the Freaknik times is that, you know, the prostitutes was making a lot of money back then, woo-woo, this, that, and the third. Um, so it wasn't so much of trafficking back then as it was people just volunteering to do the stuff to get their money on. Uh, literally, prostitution was so bad in Atlanta that it was a whole boulevard. Wow. Guess what the boulevard was named, Sean, what? Brother Sean. I can't make this shit up. People from Atlanta, you know what I, you know what name I'm about to say. It was Stewart Avenue. Mm. Prostitution mm. was so bad. Yeah, yeah. That whole strip was dedicated to prostitution. 
And they literally had almost, now those of us from the South that you grew up around, Big Mama and them, and, and, and I'm probably dating myself, my old country ass, but, you know, some of our grandparents from down South didn't have bathrooms in the house. So they had outhouses, all right? So you'll know what I'm talking about. It looked like this little hutch built out of wood, a barn. Prostitution was so bad back in Atlanta, back in, in those times, during them Freaknik days, that they had built these miniature hutches with just a bed in there. So people can just come and screw. Big time pimps back in the day, making big, big money. And literally, uh, one pimp, his ass is locked up now, uh, literally had bought an entire block of real estate. And behind it was the motherfucking expressway. What? And he had those things, he had built in the back of these houses, those hutches I've described to you. Now, those hutches still exist. This, this is how I know what I'm telling you because I've driven there and seen the shit myself. And they were pointing out to me, yep, this whole block was this particular pimp um, area. And sure enough, it backed up to the expressway and uh, people would tell me that they would have the, the, the prostitutes or the prostitutes would stand in the back uh, on the expressway and, you know, do their little advertisement. And uh, the hotels right in that area, nothing but prostitution. Um, so I'm telling you all this to just give you a, a history of how prostitution was really, really big in Atlanta. And then they started locking up those big-time pimps. Um, and a lot of them are still in jail. Some of them are just getting out. Um, so these new pimps, after, you know, they kind of busted that up and then they, you know, got rid of Freak Neek. Because um, it was a lot of fuckery going on uh, with Freak Neek, which is sad because it started out with something with the college kids kicking it this, that, and the third. And you know, it turned into something else, and then, you know, women were being raped and assaulted. I've never been to Freaknik, but, you know, just to hear people tell me about it, they said in the early days, it was definitely fun, it was partying, it was kicking it, and then as time went on, it kind of got out of control. Uh, I do remember when Freaknik happened, it would bring the city to a standstill. You couldn't even move on the expressway. So they shut all of that shit down, um, and then it started bringing to the forefront all of this sex trafficking with young girls. Um, a lot of the young girls were running away from home. I don't know if they were meeting these uh, dirt dust bag uh, pimps and running away because of that. They calling that their boyfriend, or if they were simply abducting them. So that has started to become uh, in the forefront news in the early 2000s uh, in Atlanta. Um, and so now it just never stopped. 
in in other words. So I'm telling you all to this to tell you to just kind of you know add on to what Brother Sean is saying. This was not the quote quote white man doing this. This was melanated on melanated crime and fuckery. So I say all that to say that, you know, we as melanated folk, it's time to really clean up our shit, um, you know, and, and stop the lying to ourselves. It don't matter if, you know, you want to lie to me or lie to someone else. We're talking about lying to your individual self. And I say, and I say again, it starts with self. It starts in your own household. It starts with calling things out for what they are and not participating in the fuckery. And until we can do that, take care of self, it's always going to be chaos. So I just wanted to bring that uh, to the forefront because when we hear about trafficking, a lot of people think that, oh, it's, you know, first it was the white girl face on trafficking. Now, recently, you're starting to hear the media talk about missing melanated women which had always been going on. Now it's starting to come to the forefront. But I want to make it clear, majority of it is melanated folks snatching these young girls into prostitution. Okay? So again, we're talking about melanated folks preying on other melanated folks. And that's why I always say, you know, just because someone is melanated, and I don't give a damn who it is, that does not mean by one bit that they have your best interest at heart. It's our responsibility individually to take care of self and to take care of our family. That's the bottom line. So um, I just want to put that out there. That's my uh, go ahead on with the fuckery. So, hey, uh huh. Yes, brother Sean. The thing is, now the pimps are strip club owners. A lot of the sex trafficking in Atlanta. Yep. It's going on right now in these strip clubs. A lot of sex oh, yeah. trafficking and human trafficking uh, going on out of them. Pimps ain't got to be out on the street no more. They no. own strip clubs. They own that is, that is very much so true. And um, it was interesting because uh, one of uh contracts I was doing, it so happened to be we I was doing some work at the courthouse and you know i'm at the courthouse and then all of a sudden i see these women coming in dressing provocatively 
And I'm like scratching my head like, what the hell is going on? So (laughs) the police guard was like, oh, yeah, baby, this is the day that the strippers come and get their license. I'm like, what do you mean they're licensed? She said, oh, yeah, they're supposed to have a license in order to dance. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I just, I was just speechless, like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, and a lot of tricking happens in the strip club. And, again, that's their business. If, you know, adults want to trick, that's your MF and business. Don't get me wrong. What I am saying is the snatching up and sex trafficking of women against their will and minors, and I don't care if a minor is with it. No, it's wrong. It's wrong. It is wrong. And to show you how spiritually sick as a society that folk are, that it's okay to whore out women and children for profit. And that's why we keep telling you everything that we see in the physical started in the spiritual. It's a mindset. And as we're going through this material, uh, specifically this particular series, it is pointing out how the land grabbing and the stealing of the wealth and the using of the women to get to the wealth, it's all the same thing. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to say again, This is a spiritual war. It has no color on it. It is about energy. What level of vibration does that energy ring? And as a soul, you are supposed to be in tune. To feel that vibration when the shit ain't right. And the sad part about it is when people show you, even if, okay, you haven't learned yourself enough to pick up spiritual energy. These folks show you who they are. But most still don't want to believe them because you're looking at color. And in the meantime, they're raping, pillaging, doing whatever the fuck they want to do. And we keep showing you series after series after series how this shit was not about color. That just happened in the last, what, 200 years? That it is about a certain type of energy that cannot function unless they are ciphering and feeding off of someone else's energy. I doubt it.
This might be the one. Which one is this? Ain't that pretty? Oh, a wonderful You so wonderful. I know somebody that looks exactly like him, but likes him. What could he say?
It's also saying that they have authority over you because you're asking them for something. And if the very foundation of the system is fraudulent, everything that takes place within it is fraudulent. It's it's a colonial tool. Okay, you have those that say that some of the ancestors wrote that. That may or may now, not be true. Now they did. I'm sorry, go ahead, Brother Sean. <laughs> but the thing is, that was to be given to their pets so they would know how to act in society. That's just a list, a partial list of our natural rights, period. We're in tune with natural laws in our DNA. They needed written laws to know how to act. So wasn't that, that shit supposed to ever pertain to us anyway? It was a colonial tool. It got turned around and used against them. Used against any of us who believe in that shit. Exactly. It's all fraudulent. They tell you they came over here and took shit. They tell you that these day laws and this which you're supposed to follow by. And you think because you submit papers to them that they're going to relinquish what they have? I understand maybe a few people that just getting paid by them. That's mainly to keep hope alive for all the rest of the people to stay within the system. Mm -hmm. It's bribe money, hush money, whatever you want to call it. The bottom line is the whole system has to go. Has to go. Yep. It's a colonial system. It's not natural. And whether melanated people created it or not, they were conquerors. That's how they were able to write down what they wanted. That's right. And what is it they say? Um, the victors get to write history? Yep. So, I mean, if people like riding in that low vibrational colonizer spirit and want to be descendants of the colonizers and want to claim everything the colonizers did. There's karma waiting for them. Exactly. And with claiming their conquest, you share in that karma. That's right. 
you didn't hear that from me. Right. And, you know, you got such a good point, Brother Sean, because I think I've already said this a couple times, but I'm going to say it again. When we take on these titles that we don't um, get why we're taking on these titles and, you know, the information that we've gone through and how we've shown that uh, melanated and I'm using quote on that folks rule the planet uh, created these systems enslaved people went to war with other melanated folks to take over their land and so now that melanated folks don't run things although I say behind the scenes, there's still a few native folks that really run things, but that's neither here nor there. Now that melanated folks don't run things, we're not entering over standing that even that's a form of karma within itself. That's a karma. And that's what we're trying to convey. And that's what we are trying to say. Break the curses in your bloodline. Break the curses. But if we take on these identities and we're repping what the you know ancestors did when they was fucking wrong, right. oh, okay, so you just want to keep the... the fuck shit going for you and your bloodline and if that's what you want to do that's cool too do you but we've already been shown what happens when you go against natural order you're living it We can't fucking sink no lower than we are now. But if you're comfortable with that, that is your business. We're just putting it out there for you. Yeah, each name vibrates at a certain frequency. So beings trapped within that thing generally vibrate at that frequency. That is correct. That's why they use knockoff names and rename. You know, rename things because they can't exist within that frequency in order to pretend that they are those people. Yep. But we can sink to a low enough vibration to give their creation eternal life. Mm. And that's what we do with every perversion that they give us and we claim it. We give it life. Yep. People act like that 
oh, I, I just discovered, I, I just discovered something. You know, we did, we did. What do you mean you discovered it? Wasn't it written, wasn't it written somewhere? Right. Wasn't you able to go through their search engines and everything <laughs> and find it where, where they put it? Whatever you went within and found out about yourself. Exactly. We talk about the ancestors, but how many of us are actually communing with them? And I'm not yeah. necessarily talking about some spirit to pop up in your house mm -hmm. or this, that, or the other. I'm talking about the fact that they're within your very DNA. You exist, period, because they existed. You are the singularity of everything that all of your ancestors were and are. That's right. But how many of us go within and hear what your ancestors are truly telling you? That's right. But we prefer to listen to what we're told. We choose to try and fit within the parameters of the breadcrumbs that they neatly laid out for us to go right into the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And you dig deeper and deeper into outside sources, which is the rabbit hole. And you come across all this information that takes you from here to there, to there, to there, to there, to there, to there. You're so busy finding information. You don't have the time to find yourself. Hmm. But that's another story. But then again, it's the same. Is, is the same story. Yep. You looking for somebody to provide for you. There's daddy in the sky to provide for you. When it rains, oh, thank you, Jesus. When it's sunny, oh, thank you, Jesus. When you eat some, oh, thank you, Jesus. But where did it grow from? Mm. I mean, shit growing every day, everywhere. It's air to breathe, everywhere. Yeah. And we know how it happens. The trees and, you know, things like that, you know. You know what the scientific breakdown is, but that ain't God or Jesus. That's mama. I mean, I ain't trying to take your religion away from you, but your religion is
wish Dunkin' Donuts wasn't so expensive. Huh? I said I wish they weren't oh, man, so we don't need no Dunkin' Donuts. I know, yet. I know. Not all the sweet shit you got to make it to have. I know. Donuts. No. You don't want to make nothing, we get Dunkin' Donuts. You know we what? I don't. You know what, Daddy? We don't need to go to Halstead. Let me focus on making our food great. No, we're going to take the shrimp back. Yeah, but I'm saying we don't need to go to Halstead oh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I agree. let's just stay home and relax for once. We're always running, you know, it's like we don't have even time to put our underwear on. It's ridiculous. Gotta rest sometimes. Even Biscuit. Yeah, I think it's kind of stupid to do this detour shit day before a holiday. Why would they do this? One fucking day don't make no difference. They got it all tied up. See them closing up the trucks. Does that they didn't have to sense? do nothing. We look what's waiting down here, but I didn't even see that many individual walking. I don't even know where the fuck they are. Gotta go away to fucking North to get back. You see it? Are you serious? First of all, this is why you didn't want to be out here. I don't mind being out here. I'm just saying. I mean, that's what you were trying to tell me yesterday. Ooh. It's like everywhere you look at, these people going somewhere. There ain't nobody cooking no turkey today, so what the fuck is they do? I don't know. They Are they trying to get there? Maybe they're going to stay over. Probably somebody going to come out and put a turkey on that damn thing right there. <laughs> it looks like a senior song, though. It does. You see all them kids out there? Yeah. It's gonna be all white. That's good. That'll give me a notice. 
fuck away from me. I don't want to be around no whole bunch of white folks. Oh, wow. Do you? <laughs> that was what happened. Now, if you're asking yourself, how did this occur? How could this be? Well, you got to go ahead and take a look. Because understand, this is a woman who, in reality, died of self-inflicted wounds. This is a woman who, I mean, if you want to go down the list, what was it that doomed her candidacy? Could it be that she was trying to convince us all that she loves Converse? She loves Converse tennis shoes. Remember that? <laughs> because that's so black. Oh, like this is 1983 and we're watching Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. Converse tennis shoes. If that wasn't the most disgustingly patronizing thing you could possibly say. Oh, this will resonate with Negroes. Yeah, from the disco era. Materialism. But Lily Adams, her communications director, who a little blonde-haired, blue-eyed white girl who has more of a connection to black society than Kamala Harris does, that was the person advising her. Uh, Converse. You need to say Converse. Nike is passe. You can't say Nike. That makes you sound like a white suburban soccer mom. It makes you sound out of touch. You need to say Converse. You know, it's kind of making a comeback you know, at the street level, so you gotta say Converse. And then don't forget to say Chuck Taylors. Yeah, you guys, let them know you're you're in the know. It's Kamala Harris. I've got all kinds of Converse. I've got leather. I got velvet. I got running shoes. Platform. I got all the Converse. Converse. I'm finish line. It was embarrassing. It was cringeworthy. You're dealing with a bunch of people who see black society as a stereotype and not as actual people. That is why Kamala Harris lost. How about dancing to Cardi B? Cardi B, yet another Trojan horse. Imagine, amazing how all of these ethnic Trojan horses keep getting directed at us over and over again. These so-called black people who don't identify as black and don't carry that lineage. Amazing how they keep recycling that over and over again no it's not amazing it's because we are having an ethnic strategy implemented against us that's what this is really about an ethnic strategy being used against us so cardi b this corporate puppet this corporate musical carpet bagger that was brought into the hip-hop world out of obscurity. It was tearing up the charts at the time, which, of course, as we all know, is pretty fraudulent as well. And there's Kamala Harris. For all you Negroes playing Cardi B, just understand you are a part of the shell game, and willfully so. So there's your position in life. There's a reason you don't get much respect. And Kamala Harris was sitting in her chair with the most awkward, corny, weird, sclerotic, out of place, shimmy, shimmy, whatever in the hell she was doing in that chair. Cringe on top of cringe. 
Converse was bad enough. Now we've gone from Converse to Cardi.
Was that a dance? Was that a dance, Daddy? Was that a dance? Yeah. Me. Emma. Y'all like paperwork. So, y'all getting work by that paper. But wait till mama finish working. Go <laughs> <Ooh -wee. laughs> Popcorn, <It's>, uh, popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, those that saw the movie Black Panther, um, one of the most powerful scenes in that movie was when uh, the Black Panther guy, main character, died and he went into the spiritual realm. And coincidentally enough, the spiritual realm had that same purple sky, Brother Sean, that you sent me the picture of that was right by your house, the same mm -hmm. color. The same exact color. But anyhow, he went to the spiritual realm. And then his uh, ancestors shape-shifted from uh, the animals to who they really were. And they were by a tree. So the father was happy to see him, this, that, and the third. But he confronted his father about some foul shit that he did with leaving his nephew in the ghetto. Mm -hmm. And so father was trying to justify it. And uh, the Black Panther character shut him down and pretty much told him, because you did what you did, do you realize what you have created? And so the father was trying to get him to stay in that uh, particular realm with him. And he was like, no, I got to go fix what you did. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're trying to tell you. It is our responsibility to fix the fucked up shit in our bloodline. It is our responsibility. That's why you're here at this time. So the choice is yours. Um, people worry about a purge. We've already been through a purge. Your memory Jeez. has been purged. <laughs> Purge happened mentally and spiritually. And a hell. Out of balance. Exactly. This is hell. Shit. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Clean up your own shit. That's what you're going to consistently hear from me and from Brother Sean. It starts with you. Nobody can do it for you. It starts with you. 
if you can't control self, if you can't control your household, if you can't control your block, how the fuck do you think you're going to control a system, a nation, control a spiritual realm? You're just fucking bullshitting yourself. You're lying to yourself. It all happens from within. You have the opportunity to break the generational curses and your bloodline through your thoughts and your actions. And no amount of savior, paperwork, None of that can do that for you. You're responsible for that. And that is especially true to those of us that come into this information. So, all right. Uh huh. To me, when certain books are presented to people and when one of the primary commandments of that book is know thyself. Ooh, Until people know themselves, you shouldn't go past that statement. It ain't another guy. I know that's that right. Book that you should be looking at until you know who the fuck you are so that you know what the rest of that means and how it pertains to you, if it pertains to you. That's right. But you go into it devoid of knowledge of self, and it's a book full of parables yep. that can be made to fit to many things in life. The human body. The universe, as far as for astrology, yep. it can be made to fit so many different things. It's a matter of perspective. There's more than one form of Christianity, but all you hear people say is Christianity. It's all magic. It is magic. And and if you don't know who you are and know how magic pertains to you, what type of spells are you working or is a spell being worked on you? Because you're giving away all your power. You're not gaining any power through it. You're giving it away. No. If you know who you are and your father it's supposed to be this deity that knows all the creator of all things. Wouldn't that make you a god too? Shouldn't you be able to do all this, that, or the other? But you don't want to be a god like your father. You hope to die and worship at his feet for all of eternity. Not be a god yourself and create universes and have subjects that worship you. No, you looking forward. 
dying to worship at his feet. At for his all, feet. Right. But for you can't a woman's portal and you live on a woman's vessel, but at his feet. Oh, okay. Right. You, you can't wait to die to worship at his feet for all of eternity. And people be thinking 5, 10, 15 years is a long time. All of eternity worshiping at his feet. Just sit there and think about that for a minute. Hmm. I don't care what you call it, but according to those scriptures, if you could make it to the gates, that's what you get to do. That's your ultimate prize. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed, brother. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Okay, uh, shout out to the chat room, uh, Scotty Saturn, Purple Peel, I Am the Universe, God Thompson 42, uh, shout out to you all. Um, Scotty Saturn goes, uh, yes, some call it the quickening, like the book Blue Light by Walter Mosley, where blue light evolves humans. Why would he um, Saturn? Scotty Saturn also says, yes, parables and astrology and different histories put together and then later Masonic coded added to the Bible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all righty. Uh, oh, let me uh, bring in Brother 832 before I go into the readings. Uh-oh. Pete. Peace and love, brother. Rhonda, my sister, some of them are listening. Seven up. United States of America down. Indeed. Sean, my brother, from another mother, sitting on Mount Olympus. Throwing them black lightning bolts down tonight. Indeed, bro. I, I don't know if you want to consider this an extended TV series right here, but a spoiler alert, if you talk watching it, have either of you seen it yet? Seen what? You kind of muffled, brother. Watchmen. Watch. Okay. I'll put you on speaker. Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you clearly now. Yep. The Watchmen, before I I go into my, my rendition, the spoiler alert, have either of you seen it? Uh, I did, but it was so long ago. Not the movie, the series that's on now that just jumped no. off with the Tulsa Race Massacre. And no, Regina I King. Definitely 
black female protagonist is the same character. No, I haven't seen the brother, but go ahead on. That's okay. Do your thing. Well, before I go into that, uh, you know, it was a lot of what you and Sean were kicking back and forth, uh, I wanted to, to make gener generic comments about. But uh, the thing of it is, is about carrying in our DNA and what you're saying and you repeatedly say about, you know, cleaning up uh, the bloodline. And, and what I'm going to say about the Watchmen, we'll go into that in, in a bigger panorama, but I had wanted to particularly engage folks who had seen it and ask the question, why? First of all, why is our story being told this way? Um, when you were talking about the, the bloodline issues, the sex trafficking, I, I would throw another log on interferon. Do you remember the controversy of the Atlanta child murders? And we don't hear any more about do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I you asked the and they denied it. But go ahead. They Maybe this is it. Yeah, I don't know. You know that. There's no video on that. That's all right. You can be my song. Oh. Okay, okay. A pot of water or a high heat of water.
That's nice, Daddy. Very nice music. Domestication encompasses a whole suite of genetic, 
white as a species is bred to be friendlier and less aggressive. In dogs and domesticated foxes, for example, many changes are physical. Smaller teeth and skulls, floppy ears, and shorter, curlier tails. Those physical changes have all been linked to the fact that domesticated animals have fewer of a certain type of stem cell called neural breast stem cells. Modern humans are also less aggressive and more cooperative than many of our ancestors. And we, too, exhibit a significant physical change. Though our brains are big, our skulls are smaller, and our brow ridges are less pronounced, so did we domesticate ourselves? Giuseppe Testa, a molecular biologist at University of Milan in Italy, and colleagues knew that one gene, BAZ1B, plays an important role in orchestrating the movement of neural press cells. Most people have two copies of this gene. Uh, curiously, one copy of BAZ1B, along with a handful of others, is missing in people with Williams-Barron syndrome, a disorder linked to cognitive impairment, uh, smaller skulls, uh, elfin-like facial features, and extreme friendliness. To learn whether BAZ1B plays a role in those features, uh, face facial features, Testa and co uh, colleagues cultured 11 neural crest stem cell lines, four from people with William Barron syndrome, three from people with a different but related disorder in which they have duplicates instead of deletion of the disorder key gene and four from people without either disorder. Next, they used a variety of techniques to tweak BAZ1B's activity up or down in each of the stem cell lines. That tweaking, they learned, affected hundreds of other genes known to be involved in facial and cranial development. Overall, they found that a tampered down BAZ1B gene led to the distinct facial features of people with Williams-Barron syndrome, establishing the gene as an important driver of facial appearance. When the researchers looked at those hundreds of BAZ1B sensitive genes in modern humans, two Neanderthals and one Denisovan, they found that in the modern humans, those genes had accumulated loads of regulatory mutations of their own. This suggests natural selection was shaping them. And because many of these same genes have also been under selection in other domesticated animals, now I'm going to read that again, and it's not me making this up. And because many of these same genes have also been selected in other domesticated animals, modern humans, too, underwent a recent process of domestication, the team reports today in Science Advances. Random cautions that many different genes likely play a role in domestication, so we shouldn't read too much evolutionary importance into BAZ1B. 
what they zero in on is one of, is one gene that is incredibly important, but it's clear there are going to be multiple other candidate genes. William Tetchme Fitch the third, an evolutionary biologist and cognitive scientist at the University of Vienna says he is skeptical of precise parallels between human self-domestication and animal domestication. These are processes with both similarities and differences, he says. I don't think mutation in one or a few genes will ever make a good model for the many, many genes involved in domestication. As for why humans might have become domesticated in the first place, hypothesis abound. Uh, Rangham favored the idea that as early people formed cooperative societies, evolutionary pressures favored mates whose features were less alpha or aggressive. There was active selection for the first time, for the very first time, against the bullies and the genes that favored their aggression, he adds. But so far, humans are the only species that have managed it. So again, this was off of sciencemag.org. Uh, science Early humans domesticated themselves, new genetic evidence suggests. All right, so I'll pause for the shine in case you want to put something on. <laughs> Nah, I'm going to be there with them, though. All right. So there you have it, family. It is, it is uh, you know, we kind of talked on the show about they're not telling us the truth of the different uh, species that were on the planet, that's currently on the planet, and how there was a lot of genetic manipulation going on on the planet. Um, so none of this is an accident that they are putting out, um, this particular information. All right. Okay. So we are going to get back into the topic, the real pilgrims, the true story of immigrants coming to America. Part seven, uh, we're going to pick back up with White Trash, The 400-Year Untold History of Class in America by Nancy Eisenberg. Uh, hold on a second, y'all. Mm. I was trying to find out where we left off. All right. Bear with me. Okay. I think even if we did cover this, I think it's important that I cover it again. Uh, just to be clear, I'm on page 40. I think we went over this, but I just, uh, it'll be real quick if we did. Um, so we're talking about how folks were coming over here to the Americas, um, marrying up and 
for the purpose of land and cultivating the land. Um, so this one particular thing talks about um, widows. So meaning, because remember, in indigenous cultures and, and especially in the Americas, uh, land was transferred down through the woman because we were a matriarch society, point blank and period, all right? So fast forward, these widows um, whose old man was passing on, they quote, quote, got the land, all right? So now whether or not uh, these widows were uh, indigenous American women, or whether or not they were European um, melanated folks that was getting land through marriage, uh, their old man passing, etc. But men found the hustle. So they would marry the women, the widow women, in order to get a hold of that. Well, how big do you think she was? <laughs> oh, God. I bet you can. I hope you get what you deserve. Nobody to bump you. Women head through the through the thing when they first had Walkman yeah. and they heard that doo 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 doo. They said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and then I turned around and lost all my money at the crap table. Oh no! At that, the crap they table. They probably worked for the I casino. I had a pile of chips. They probably worked for the casino. Well, they worked me over. I ain't but, gonna lie. They got all. But you learned your lesson though. They got all my money that night. Well, I had money, but I didn't have no more money, no exactly. more money on me. Yeah. It's a good thing they would have got thing. every nickel. They probably, you know. Well, they didn't get to. Get it. They didn't get to get it though. I mean, they got what I lost. They gave me a ticket to get back home on the bus. Oh, that's nice. So then I had to listen to this shit all the way. Okay. All the way back on the bus. Don't wait until tonight. And then that night you go home. That's messed up. I had enough money to get home from Penn Station. I know how that is. I think this is the one they brought in drunk in the church said, charge this mess. I'm trying to see if I bought that or if Terry bought that. Terry ain't bought shit. You must have bought it. Thing is, we're going to need her to put it on this table. <coughs> we got time for that. Change it up every now and then. Change what colors? Yeah, when y'all, you and Stephen was here. 
I put it on Thanksgiving. Y'all didn't even pay no attention to it. Oh, I didn't know. The busting part, I had all the Thanksgiving shit on there. I hate to bring him up, but I can't put him down. He got away with murder. What? What? This might be funny. People eating worms. Let's see.
What other what other things does it say? What other words? Uh, it'll go all Teresa. Oh. It, yeah. it cusses? Oh yeah. Oh. What other yeah. words does it say? Uh, well, it's called me. Oh, tell us more. Oh, hey, that, the yeah. bird knows the truth then too. And how long have y'all been separate? Uh, about three months. And you haven't let this lady look at that bird. You, have you had any visitation with the bird? No, I have had absolutely. Oh crap! You are so full of crap, and you know it. Yeah, you've been over there. You have not been over there. Oh, you can't prove that. So, is it more than just going to visit the bird, or what? Uh, yeah, she wanted more than just visiting the bird. And actually, she visited the snake, as I remember. This is that. This is where American television went. This was supposed to be her connection to black society. Kamala Harris has no black friends, just like Barack Obama. She has no actual black friends that she can present to black society and say these are the people that i associate with so instead she was naming elements that in make incursions into black culture and claiming that that is her connection to black people she has no actual black people that she knows or associates with so her connection to black society is footwear and hip-hop artists that's her connection to black society and we saw right through it from the very beginning. It was so insulting, so degrading, so inexcusably patronizing that there was no way it was going to be overlooked. And that is why Kamala Harris lost. From Cardi B to Converse to Convicts. Wow. When you go back further into her record, you realize that this is a woman who fought to make sure that California didn't reduce its prison roles because you needed more prisoners to go fight on the fire brigade out there, on fire camp, in the mountains in California, you know, to save all those rich people's houses in the mountains in California. Let me go ahead and give you all a brief reminder for those of you who have never lived out there, or if you never lived or if you never visited or had time to go out there and visit in Southern California, if you want to know why there's so many wildfires and you keep seeing the firefighters go out there in the rest of the country, they would simply allow the fires to burn themselves out. They don't do that in California because when you say, quote, fires in the mountains, what they don't tell you is that those mountains got houses all over the place. Rich folk living there. As I told you all before, if you've ever been to the Hollywood sign, any of you who've actually been in that, walked up that winding road to the Hollywood sign in, in, in California, you know those are houses all up there in those mountains. The police are up there directing traffic on their motorcycles. And those rich folk don't give a flying damn if it's black folk. Latinos, illegals, whatever, so long as there is someone there working to save their properties. And please keep in mind, these are multi-million dollar homes in value. So a good chunk of the budget that pays for the police and the fire department comes from these properties. If those properties are not there, then guess what their property value is? It plummets. And Kamala Harris was there to ensure that the slavery loophole in the 13th Amendment 
was exploited properly in the state of California. So she fought to make sure that prisoners were not released so that they could continue to serve as the unpaid work slave workforce to preserve the property values of rich white folks' houses in California. You thought slavery was dead and gone and they have brought you the mulatto slave master. We disseminated that information very early on. And that is the reason why Kamala lost. Oh, but it continues going. Why does anybody remember Kamala Harris's black credentials again? Why I used to listen to Snoop Dogg and Tupac back when I was smoking weed in college. You thought the Converse tennis shoes was the most cringeworthy thing you were going to hear pop out of this ridiculous little woman's mouth. Oh, hang in there. She's got more. You just thought that was the worst. At a time that's chronologically impossible, this woman claimed that she was listening to Snoop Dogg and Tupac. She said it on The Breakfast Club without thinking because she's that is what she really thinks of black people. She thinks that black people can't count. She thinks that black people don't think. So she figured she could say it and it wouldn't be an issue because in her mind, she sees black people the way the white society does. That we don't remember when these albums were put out. We're not really sure what happened. We're just the people who can't count past a week. So she sees us with the same amount of contempt that white supremacist society does. So it never crossed her mind. She went to college and then when those albums were released. She's been trying to explain that away ever since. She doesn't actually have any connection to black society. What, you get tracking?
and spank you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> spank you, baby. Yeah. No, I just put it just behind you. That's what it's got to go under. Oh, we don't work on that. I wonder if they set up this okay. stuff on purpose. So, uh, more to come and more truth to come. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think of this. I just don't know. I don't know what is it just to keep it going hey what's up you two campy and uh, i'm gonna go ahead and say this uh, i alluded to this a while back um about wayne brady being michelle obama and i was not confident in myself at that time but um fearless shout out to you and i know we were probably the same person right so this won't help those rumors but um, yeah, absolutely. Michelle Obama is Wayne Brady. So our former first lady is cross-dressing. Um, oh. And it's crazy because they didn't really change a lot either. Um, you can tell on Michelle that they use like a mouthpiece, so it changes the he. mouth when they, when they speak. Playing a she, so who's a he? But there was an interview. Is she a really with, a she? Uh, I forgot one of the um, Tonight Show hosts, one so of those confused. Tonight Shows or whatever. Where Michelle was on, and go look at the interviews of I Michelle. Thought Lucy she's Lola speaking now. Just keep in mind that that's Wayne Brady, and you will see it. It, it just it it looks Lola. so ridiculous when you when you watch interviews of Michelle. It just clear it, you can clear as day see that it's a man in drag, and Wayne Brady is is a is a world renowned actor. I, I, I can easily see him playing this role. I'm so confused. So, all these things that we talk about, all these things that my fellow truthers are saying, um, you know, these are all possibilities. It's not like this is all, you know, just, we're just doing this for no reason. Um, everything we're talking about is possible. And, you know, I used to be asleep and think, no, there's no way. But now I understand that this is exactly what they're doing. And, um, you know, this is, they laugh at us, right? This is a joke to, to, to them. The joke yeah. is on us. So absolutely, Wayne Brady is playing the role of Michelle Obama. Um, so yeah, let's, I'm not going to go too much further into it at this point, but you guys go ahead and check it out for yourself. All right. I don't know. I don't even care anymore. Does anybody care? Oh, God. I just can't. There's nothing interesting. Everything is fake. There's like nothing real. There's nothing real. It probably never was real. Except there's nothing real but Israel. The real Israel. Okay, I don't care. It's all fake. Find me one real person So fake Well, somebody for real Is there anyone Not looking at their own butt Is there anyone What's going on? No, there is not 
looking. I got me. They got me looking at squirrels. Cause there's nothing on here. What? Looking at.